Praise the Lord. Does your God fight for you this morning? Do you know that he does do that? Amen in our life. We are victorious, not because of what we've done, but because of who he is and what he's done this morning. Uh, we are fighting a winning battle because of his grace, because of his great mercies in our life. Uh, how many has got some things in your life you need God to do? You need God to move in. And uh, this morning, uh, you, your faith is strong in that. Maybe you haven't seen it come to pass yet. Amen, but don't give up on your faith. There's a world out there that would like for you to just put your faith to the side, Brother Mark, and just say, you know what, don't, don't believe. Don't trust God. You know, just, just look at things from our perspective. But I'd rather see things through the eyes of faith, amen. Where there's hope, where there's joy, where there's grace. Thankful today for that. You know, God's grace covers us in so many ways, and we're undeserving. But I'd rather see things through the eyes of faith. For this precious family who's needing a move of God, I can't tell you how God's going to move, but I can tell you that He is able. I can tell you my faith holds on to that truth. David said, and I read this uh, several weeks back at a funeral that I took part in, after his son died, his and Bathsheba's first son died, they found him mourning, grieving, before he died rather, as the baby was sick. Then after the baby died, he, he got up and he cleaned himself up, went and got him something to eat. And his men said, how in the world can you be feeling this way now? You just look so happy and you're eating and before the baby passed, you were just miserable and interceding and down he said well he said during that time I didn't know what God would do but I knew he was able to do something but I didn't know what he was going to do but I was praying that he would move in that young baby's life he said but now I'm going to keep pressing on by faith because God's still God no matter how he answers my prayers he's still God he may not have ever answered them every way I wanted him to but that did not negate the fact that he was still God and it didn't take my faith and cast it off of me. I love my God. I have faith in God this morning. If you do, stand with me all over the church today. I'll share with you for a few moments from the Word of God. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Exodus chapter 2. Exodus chapter 2. It's good to have our wonderful bishop and his precious wife, Sister Cheryl, with us this morning. I miss them when they're not here. Amen. And know that they're doing a work for the Lord in other places. And, uh, you know, and I know that's a joy for him, but we always love to see him here. Amen. At home. And we love and appreciate them so much. Exodus chapter 2. When you have it, say amen. Bible begins reading in verse 1. And a man of the house of Levi went and took as a wife a daughter of Levi. So the woman conceived and bore son. And when she saw that he was a beautiful child, she hid him three months. But when she could no longer hide him, she took an ark of bulrushes for him, daubed it with asphalt and pitch, put the child in it, laid it in the reeds by the river bank. And his sister stood afar off to know what the Lord, well, excuse me, know what would be done to him. Then the daughter of Pharaoh came down to, the to bathe at the river. 
And the maidens walked alongside the riverside, and when she saw the ark among the reeds, she sent her maid to get it. And when she opened it, she saw the child, and behold, the baby wept. She had compassion on him and said, This is one of the Hebrews' children. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 23, one verse of Scripture found there. The Bible said, By faith Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents because they saw that he was a beautiful child, and they were not afraid of the king's command. I want to preach from this thought this morning. Take off your shoes and stop running. Take off your shoes and stop running. Father, we love you today. We're grateful for this great congregation, Lord, that is gathered on the Lord's day to worship you. Father, your presence is in this place in a corporate way. There are lives today that, that need to be touched, God, today in this service. Lord, they need to hear a word from you, Lord. They need a miracle maybe in their life. They need a physical or a spiritual touch from you. Today, Father, we ask you to build their faith. We ask you, God, to let their faith reach out and touch you. Father, I ask you to hide me behind the cross of Calvary. Lord, let your anointing flow by the Holy Ghost this morning and share this word that you have instilled within my heart and in my life. And God, that it would not go forth and be void, but it would accomplish what you send it forth to accomplish. And you will be glorified through the lives that receive it. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Look at someone around you, shake their hand and smile at them real big and tell them, I'm so glad you're here today. Amen. So wonderful to be in the presence of God again in the house of the Lord. Look forward to Sundays every week, a time to come and to just uh, gather in fellowship and worship unto the Lord. David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. And let's take for a few moments and let you know that church is important. Amen. I know many today say, well, the church is not in the building and that's so true, but the gathering of the saints is commanded of God. Amen. And as we do that here in the house of God, I know that God shows up each and every week in a corporate way. Yes, he's living in our lives for those of us who have accepted him. And God is doing so many great things in us individually. But how many know today that God wants to breathe on the church? Amen. He wants to breathe on us as a body. He wants to prepare us as a people, as a body, as a unit to accomplish the works that God would have us do. And in thinking about that and thinking about uh, the purpose and things that God wants to do within us, I think about the individual parts of the body, amen? And I think about uh, so many times in my life where I have been sick and not every part of me was 100%, amen? And, uh, and it handicapped my life and it caused me to desire a healing in that portion of my body that would restore me unto 100%, amen? And uh, how many knows today uh, that it's better to be whole than it is to be broken? Uh, and when we come together, we think about that. And I think about the body and I think about how important it is for every part of the body to be operating in the way that God desires for the body to operate. How many wants to be a part of it and to be healthy in that part? Amen. I want to give God praise, if you will. We want to be healthy in that part. We want to be able to function uh, in, a, in a way that 
brings glory to God in every part of the body and then corporately as a body that we're shining and accomplishing the great things that God would have us to accomplish. And how many knows today that sometimes we stumble into things that we did not know was God's will? Amen. Sometimes we stumble into places just walking around, just seeking the purpose of life, and then we just stumble into the great hands of God and in his grace. Amen. But today I want to share with you for a few moments from the thought that God placed within my spirit that I believe is very important, that in our journeying with God and in being a part of the body of Christ and uh, sometimes not knowing where it is that God wants you to fit in and what it is God wants you to do, to understand that God knows how to bring it to you. Amen. He knows how to give you the information and to declare unto you that which you need in order to find God's will for your life. Not always do we know that. As a child, I wondered what God's will was for me. And for many years, as mama would take me to church and daddy would take me to church, I knew it was God's will for me to be saved, but I did not necessarily know what God's will for me entirely in my life was going to be. And I realized that there would be seasons and God would use me in uh, certain particular areas uh, as a child and even as I grew uh, as a child I, I found myself singing specials for a dollar. Anybody ever done that? Uh, precious old man, I'll never forget him. Uh, Mr. Priester was a deacon in the church. Him and his wife would come to church and they'd say well if you'll sing I'll give you a dollar. I said what key? It was just important to me. I'm going somewhere with this, but it was just important to me to be in season. And I wanted to do it, whether he gave me a dollar or not. Just the, the, the fact that it brought joy to his heart and it blessed his life to see me try to sing. And I couldn't sing back then. Can't sing today, but I love doing it. But just to be able to know that God was using me. Ain't that important to your heart, to your life? To know that I knew that this is where I needed to be. And then years later, I found uh, myself having a desire and never necessarily that God called me to, to ministry at that point, but I had a desire. I wanted to be a preacher and I, I wanted to sing and I wanted to, to play an instrument. I never did get good at the guitar. I could pick it a little bit, but a, a group came by, did a revival for our church and, and God began to move in my heart and that that season that's what I thought I wanted and then uh, after a little while I found myself uh, transitioning into some other things other desires and other thoughts and maybe this is what God wants for me and and I found myself going through life wondering wandering if you will uh, and, and and just praying and hoping that I was walking in the place where God wanted me to walk but I found today that no matter where you're at in season that God will use you it doesn't matter what that particular is. Sometimes God uses me outside the pulpit, not as a preacher or as a pastor, but as a friend. Amen. And, and sometimes God uses me just to pull up alongside somebody, some lost stranger, and just give them a word that will encourage them and let them know how much God loves them. Sometimes God will use me in capacities that are outside the scope of, of, of the call of being a pastor. Can I tell somebody today, you may not be called to be behind the pulpit, but God can use you in season in the body of Christ in a great and mighty way. And the devil don't want you to do that. The devil wants you to just come to church, sit on the pew. Amen. 
Don't do anything. Just sing a few songs, feel a little goosebump, and go home. Amen. Put your tithes in the plate. But it's more than that that God wants for us. If all I did was go through Monday through Saturday and then show up on Sunday just to preach a message, then I have not fulfilled the purpose of God in my life. God did not call me to be a one-day preacher. He called me to be a Christian, a child of God every day of my life and to take advantage of the seasons that God had brought me into for the purpose of God's Holy Ghost using me in my life. Is that your desire this morning? That God would use you in every season of your life. God did not call us to be saved and satisfied. He called us to a greater purpose because some things will happen in your life sometimes that will shake your faith, that will cause you to, 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 to begin to struggle within your soul and you'll find yourself in the proverbial war room, if you will, praying that God would move in such a way that would bring you victory in your life. Can somebody understand this morning that where we're talking today and where we're going today is going to be a revelation of what happens in our life many times when life happens. Has anybody ever had life just happen to you? You got up thinking one thing was going to happen and things were going to go this way and things were going to go that way, but then life happened and everything you thought began to fall apart. Amen? Everything you thought was going to happen wasn't working out the way that you wanted it to. And one day I began to think about some things in my life, some places in my life where I got up and I was walking in faith, just believing things were going to happen in a certain way and, and believing that it was going to be a great day only to find out that life happened. There are people in this building sitting right next to you that life has happened to them in the past and life is happening to them right now. But can I tell you, God is the author and finisher of our faith. He is the first and the last. Come on, give him praise that no matter what's happening to you in your life right now, God is still God. He's God on the mountain. He's God in the seat. He's God. Amen. In the pew. He's God on the platform. He's God in your house. He's God on your job. It doesn't matter what's happening in your life. He's God even in the funeral home today. Can somebody give him glory? He's God in the hospital. No matter what the enemy is saying and what is shaking your life, he is still God. You may have gotten up expecting things to go a certain way, but then things begin to fall apart. Don't you lose your faith. Don't you lose what God gave you, that measure of faith that is able to stretch past the fears and the doubts of your life and the storms that the enemy has created in your life to be able to say that I know my God is able no matter what storm comes my way. It may shake me to the lowest of lows, but deep down in my heart I'm holding on to a faith that is going to move this mountain in my most in my life. You say, preacher, you preach about faith a lot. We got to get faith stirred again in the hearts of humanity, in the hearts of the Christians, for a storm has come and it's shaken the foundations of many people's beliefs anymore. But it's time to get back into the place where we believe again what thus saith the Lord and believe that God, Mohandala Baha'i, is still 
on the throne and his word is still powerful today. We've got to get there again. How do you know we're not there, preacher? How do you know that, 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 that this, this is what's happening? I'm telling you, the church, back in the day, they, they, they began to take a deep breath and in the refreshing of God, seen an anointing of God move. And there was a time when it seemed like we were on the mountaintop as a church and God was moving. Revivals were breaking out everywhere. And now it seems like we've gotten to a lull again. We've gotten into a place where you got to beg folk to come to church again. Where you got to beg folk to come to the altars and pray again. Where you got to come on somebody. Something happened. A storm began to rage in your life. And the only antidote was that was faithfulness. That was the only thing that was going to be a cure for the storm in your life was your faithfulness to God. Don't you fall apart in the storms of your life. Get a deep hold on your faith and say, God is able. God is able today. Churches would be full if people would move by faith rather than feelings. Come on, somebody. Amen. People wouldn't run when the storms came in their life. What does this have to do with what you've read? One day this dear lady had a baby. During this particular time, God was blessing the children of Israel. They began to multiply. And Pharaoh looked around and he seen that the children of Israel was getting bigger than the people of Egypt. And he began to send out a decree to kill the male children. This woman had a baby. Many of them did, but this particular woman had a baby. And when she had this baby, she looked down upon his faith and she, uh, his face and saw the beauty of what God had blessed her with. And, and, and there was a connection betwixt her and the baby she held. And not only was it that connection that she had, but it was a faith and a hope that was deep inside her innermost being that just believed believed that no matter what the king said, that God could take care of her baby. Amen. I wish somebody would hear. There was something on the inside of her that just believed that there was some kind of hope that if God would guide her, that he would also take care of this child. And there was nothing, Brother Bobby, out of the realm of possibilities when it came to God. Yes, they were in a situation. A storm had come. They could have walked up on her, found this baby, and annihilated him. But God had grace that he provided for her for the purpose of doing something for the children of Israel by her faith. Some of you need to understand something. Your faith has the capacity to change the things that are going on in your family. Your faith has the capacity to change the things that are happening in your community. Your faith has the capacity today to take that which
which is happening in your life, the storm of life and bring a calm in the midst of it all and change circumstances. Your faith is powerful, it's strong, it's able to move mountains. Jesus said if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you could say unto this mountain, be thou removed and cast into the sea. You don't want to lose your faith. Your faith is that powerful. It's that important and you don't need to let the devil talk you out of it. It can I feel the Holy Ghost. Woo! When you look down and you see, oh, what a beautiful baby. This baby has a purpose. So instead of listening to the king, she begins to build an ark of bulrushes. Her faith launches her into defying what the enemy had brought to her doorstep. Your faith will cause you to stand up and trust God and to defy what the enemy is desiring to do in your life. Do you hear what I'm saying? Somebody say, well, okay, sirrah, sirrah. Whatever will be, will be. Preacher, pray for my family. Oh, they lost and on their way to hell. Oh, I don't know what I can do. Preacher, just do this, do that, do that. But I didn't know that God called Moses' mother to be a preacher, but he did call her to be a woman of faith. Amen. I didn't see her picking up the phone to call somebody. She just began to move in her own faith. Amen. I know people been sitting on church pews long enough. Your faith ought to be just as strong as a preacher. Your faith ought to be just as strong as, as the men and women of God around you. Your faith ought to be at that level. Well, your faith is able to turn situations around in the lives of those around you. Your faith has that much power. When she began to look at her baby, she began to realize, I got to do something. So she launched out by her faith. I'm trying to challenge somebody today. Don't launch out by your feet. I know I've been preaching on it for a while. It's been in every message, seem like, but don't launch out by your feelings because you're going to have some storms that'll change your feelings. But launch out by your faith. It's time to launch out by faith. If we're going to take this community back, it's going to be by faith. If we're going to shake the foundations of broken homes, it's going to be by faith. We can't just look at it and say how beautiful it is. We've got to look at it with a faith that says, my God is able today and put it in God's hands and trust God. Come on somebody when you come to church you're putting it in God's hands. When you worship you're putting it in God's hands. When you come to the altars of prayer you're putting it in God's hands. Today it's time for the church to rise again and put it in God's hands. Well I ain't as close to God as you are preacher. God didn't tell me or tell you to stand back because you didn't feel like you were close enough to God. He said whoso Ever, we'll call upon the name of the Lord. Shall shall be saved. If you're waiting to get close to God before you stand on your faith, the devil's lying to you. This woman was holding on to faith. She took this baby, she built an ark. 
she put him in the reeds there and she stood back to see what the Lord would do and how God was going to care. I want somebody to understand this morning that God had his hand on Moses and he had his hand on Moses' mama and he had his hand on the children of Israel and God's got his hand on your family. They may be messed up. They may be dysfunctional. They may be going through hell. The Israelites were dysfunctional, but they were still God's children. God had his hand on them. Don't you give up on your family and your friends because of dysfunction. God is the unction. The Holy Spirit is the unction that can turn it all around and make it function again. Can somebody understand today? He Spirit of God help us to understand that this woman was holding on to a great faith and God had his hand on it all. Look at somebody around you and tell them God's got his hand on it. Your mama may be messed up but God's got his hand on it. Your daddy may be messed up. Your sons and daughters may be going wild. Your grandchildren may be turned upside down. But if you have faith in God, he's got his hand up. As a matter of fact, he is honed in on the lost and the broken. That's why Jesus came. He had to zero in on that which was broken. Don't you let the devil convince you that God don't care faith is powerful we know that Moses was taken by Pharaoh's daughter oh my goodness she could have said daddy I done found another one of them Hebrew babies we need to take him down to the slaughterhouse fulfill your law but she looked at this baby and she heard the cry and the voice of the baby and she fell in love with Moses. God, ha God has a way of letting the enemy bless you when you're caught in the storms of life. The enemy wants you to fall apart, but God wants you to trust him because God can take the storm and let it work in your benefit. Amen. God can take the storm and let it work in your behalf. So, so she takes him in and she begins to raise him. And Pharaoh raise, raising up a Hebrew boy in his presence and in his palace. And, and it's so powerful and it's so ironic because, you know, what the enemy thought he was going to do was annihilate any hope of the children of Israel multiplying where e Egypt could dominate. But see, hey, when God's favor is there, you can't. God's favor was on them. And there was some faith being acted on. And, and after a while, Moses is out there and he's grown now. And he's beginning He's beginning to draw near to his kin people. He realizes where he's from. His mother and his sister were able, able to, to raise him even under the, 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 the palace of Pharaoh. And they're taking care of him. He knew who he was, but he also had a, a respect and a love for, for where he was at. But he chose 
amen, to draw near to the Hebrew, to his people, to the children of God during that time. And one day he was walking around and he seen one of the Egyptian soldiers there, men there, began to strike one of the Hebrew children and something happened and got all in him and, and he, he just couldn't compose himself, couldn't take it anymore. And he killed the Egyptian and he buried him. And the next day he's walking around thinking he's done a good thing and thinking he's taking care of the problem. But the next day another storm comes. Another storm comes to drive him, amen, to God from the place where he's at. Another storm comes to shake him. And, and this storm was his own people were there and they were arguing. And, and, and he began to interject and to intercede. And he said, why are you fussing? Why are you fighting? And, and one of them said, what are you going to do? Are you going to slay us like you did that Egyptian? And all of a sudden the storm began and, and Moses begin to realize I, I must leave here because uh, if Pharaoh finds out surely he's going to kill me so Moses runs and, and he runs and he runs out into the desert until he finds himself sitting by a well and he's there with some women he finds out or, 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 or his, uh, his future uh, father-in-law Jethro's daughters there and he begins to find himself running 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 day after day from the storm of life. Anybody ever found yourself running, 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 running from the storms of life? Every storms come, and, and when the storms come, you, you find yourself shaken, and instead of standing firm in faith, you've run. Don't, don't, don't act like you're so holy. Everybody in here has run in some form, shame, shape, form, or fashion. We have run from, from the, the storms of life, and, and Moses was doing just that, but God had his hand on him. I touched somebody around you and said, God's got his hand on you. You may be running now, but God's got his hand on you. And, and there's something that's going to happen in your life, amen, that is going to shake your faith. But the only thing that's going to turn all of it around is how you respond to what happens. This God thing that happens in your life is going to have to be responded to you by faith. To somebody say, have faith in God. Moses finds himself defending the women there at the well as they were trying to water their sheep. And they go back to Jethro. They begin to tell Jethro what's happening. And Jethro said, where is this man? Bring him here. He needs to be sitting at our table. We need to, we need to take care of him. We need to, to, to show grace to him. And Moses is now sitting at the table of Jethro. Jethro gives him his daughter to wife. And, and they, they have a child. And they name him Grisham. And, and Moses is there taking. He becomes a shepherd taking care of the sheep. He was raised in the palace of Pharaoh. Brought up by his mother. A mother of faith, a woman of God, a woman who trusted God, but now he's run from every storm till he's begun to settle in to where he believes in his heart he will remain. I'll continue to be a shepherd. Me and Zipporah will continue to be married. We'll have children and we're going to live it up. But God says, I've got other plans. Amen. I'm so glad God had other plans in my life. And there's some of you running right now, but God's got other plans. Some of you running from the storms of life, but God has other plans for you. And one day he's walking out, taking care of his sheep, and he sees this bush burning with fire. 
And he said, I must turn because there was something significant about it. It was burning, but it was not being consumed. And he was running from the storms and he'd settled in to his own mindset, the place where he would be. And he turns to go walk and see what is happening to this bush that is not burning. It is not being consumed. And as he nears the place, the Bible said that God calls out to him and says, Moses, do not draw near. Take off your shoes for the place where you're standing is holy ground. God is beginning to do a thing in Moses' life that is going to change the dynamic of the purpose and the storms that have happened and the things that he had been running from. And God says, take off your shoes. Well, preacher, I don't understand where you're going with this. Let me go ahead and tell you that the burning bush was a place of enlightenment. Some of you need to be enlightened again and understand what the reality of the purpose of God is in your life. It's not for you to settle in and become satisfied. It's for you to be shaken by his presence and by faith moved in to the place where God wants to move in your life so mightily that it touches hearts around you. Somebody touch your neighbor and say, don't settle in and get satisfied. Give him praise if you want to. It was an enlightenment place. It was a place where God had come, showed up. But can I tell you, it was for the purpose of Moses. That bush wasn't burning by accident. And when God speaks to you, it's not by accident. And when God does something to get your attention, it is not by accident. Moses could have walked on by. But he drew near. And when God spoke, he could have said, Lord, I appreciate it, but I'll see you later. I got some sheep to tend to. I got a wife to go home to, a son I've got to rock him tonight to sleep, read him a bedtime story. But he didn't. He said, take off your shoes and Moses took off his shoes. There was an enlightenment going on here. God was speaking to him and said, you, you got to understand something. You have settled in to a place in your life because you have run and you've run and you've run and the storms of life have conditioned you to be where you're at today, but you were not made to be here. You were not born to live here. You were not born to dwell here. I did not save you from the hand of Pharaoh to let you stay out here in this desert and be satisfied. Can somebody hear what I'm about to say? Somebody needs to understand that God did not save you to be satisfied where you're at. He has saved you for a purpose of his grace. And for I don't know how anybody can get saved and not want more of him. Amen. I give him glory. Amen. I don't know how anybody can get saved. 
and not want to be walking in his anointing. God did not save you to leave you in a desert somewhere in your spirit. Amen. Running from the storms that have happened in your life. God told Moses to take his shoes off because the ground was holy. Because God's presence was there. And I know this, the Bible doesn't say this, but it jumped out in my spirit as I was talking to a brother the other day and he was sharing with me some things. And this jumped out in my spirit as we were talking. He said, God told him to take his shoes off because he was ready for him to stop running. Not only was the ground holy, but it was time to stop running. Amen. Not only was God's presence there, but it was time to stop running. God said, I'm about to change the course in your life. I'm about to use you to bring victory to my people. I'm about to use you. Come on, I wish somebody would hear what I'm about to say. God wants to use those folks that's been running to bring change and victory to their families, to their communities. God wants to use you as more than a church goer. Amen. He wants to use you to bring victory to your family and to your friends. Glory to God. And Moses, I know you've been here settled, but I've come to tell you that I'm sending you back into the place where you ran from. I'm going to send you back into the storm that chased you away. And I'm going to, I wish somebody would hear what I'm saying right now. God will send you back into a storm to bring peace to the storm that you came out of. Somebody ought to give God glory today if you believe that. God is saying to you today, some of you today, come on, Sister Rhonda, if you will. You've been doing like Moses. God has miraculously brought you to where you're at. But you've been doing like Moses. You've settled in for the ride. And God said, I'm about to shake this thing up by my anointing. God is speaking to your heart. As he did with Moses in the burning bush, God is speaking to your heart by his Holy Spirit. And the thing is, if you reject what he's doing, you're going to miss what he's going to do. Amen. You can't push him away. God said, hear my voice. Harden not your hearts as in the day of provocation. Hear my voice today. Moses heard his voice. He reverenced God by obedience. He took his shoes off. He drew near to God and he quit running from the storms. Yes, there were some days that was tough for Moses but he quit running and started following what God wanted him to do. Preacher, why are you saying this stuff? God, God's really laid it on my heart. Some of you need to quit running and start following what God's telling you to do. 
it'll benefit you it'll benefit your family it'll benefit your community it's all right to be the only one standing out on the limb just know God's got the limb it's not going to break it's all right to let your light shine in a dark place stand with me if you will it's all right to go back in the storm and let your light shine for Jesus it's okay to make a stand in the midst of a perverse generation in the midst of family and, 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 and friends who are unbelievers and, and are lost can I go ahead and tell you it's time to turn the light on again amen I've been in rooms full of unbelievers and the temptation is great to settle in and let just be satisfied being there but in my heart it's not enough I want to tell somebody that there is hope I can't stay in a room of despair and not point to the faith that says God can move mountains. I will tell you there's great challenges in our church, there's great challenges in our homes, there's great challenges in our community, but let me go ahead and tell you there's great challenges all across this globe. It's great. What's happening overseas right now, the challenges over there, everything that's happening in America today, Everything, some things has already happened, happened. What the enemy wants us to do, just close the doors and go home. I can't do that. Amen. Just a few years ago, ISIS was beheading people because they refused to give up their faith in God. I ask you this morning, would you be among those people that are willing to give your life for your faith? Do you trust God that much that he's speaking to you right now and you're saying, God, I'm not going to run anymore. I'm coming near to you. Hallelujah. I'm taking my running shoes off, God. Every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around. I'm not going to be satisfied where I'm at. I'm not settling where I'm at. I'm taking my running shoes off. I'm drawing near to you. I want to hear your voice. I want to hear you speak to me. God, touch somebody around you. Would you with your head bowed and your eyes closed? Just kind of bump them and say, I want to hear God. I, I want to hear him. Tune in. Come and listen to a radio station where the mighty host of heaven sang. Get in touch with God. Turn your radio on. Yeah, turn your radio on. Listen to what God has to say. I'm taking my shoes off. God, here I am. I don't want to be settled. I want you to take me. You are the potter. I'm the clay. 
I want you to mold me, direct me, work through me. Have your way in me. And if that's you this morning, all over this church, I don't want you to hesitate. If you are ready to make that declaration to the Lord, I've been running long enough. The storms, amen, have shaken me long enough. Now I'm stepping out to say, God, here I am. As Moses heard your voice and responded, here I am. Will there be any others? There's those that are coming. Will you right now, as they begin to worship, step out and say, no more will I run from the storms. But God, I'll run into your arms and become all that you would have me to be. While these are coming, any others you have a need in this house, this altar's open. I need some prayer warriors, elders of the church. Bishop, come on and help us up here. Praise God.